Welcome to Lift Yourself Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, and I created this podcast to help you feel inspired and uplifted so you can unleash your potential self to the world. In this podcast, I talk about divine feminine energy, female empowerment, personal development, and much more. You can expect a mixture of guest interviews and solo episodes from me alongside some of my guided meditations. I'm so happy that you're joining me today. So let's get started. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Lift Yourself with Laura. Today, I'm so excited because I am joined by the lovely Ashling Fox, who is known as AOK Nutrition. And she is a woman of many talents. I have discovered Ashling's podcast a couple of months ago now, and I love the conversations that you have over on the podcast and everything that you talk about. And I think it's things that women need to hear more about and be educated on so it's an honor to have you here with me today I've been looking forward to this conversation literally all day so welcome to the podcast thank you Laura I'm absolutely delighted to be here so thank you so much for asking me on you are welcome amazing starting point please for me and for the listeners is a bit of a background story so we can get to know you who you Mm. are what it is that you do and how you've got to where you are right now Yes, so I'm Ashley Fox. Um, my Instagram there is AOK Nutrition, so people can pop on later on and see what I'm all about. But basically, my background is I qualified as a nutritional therapist in 2014. And after then, I set up my clinic. So, my clinic, I'm based in Dublin, in Ireland. Um, I work very much with kind of like natural medicine. So, my whole ethos, my whole goal in my clinic is trying to get to the root of the problem and using things like nutrition using supplements in 2020 I went back and did a postgrad then in herbal medicine so I'm a nutritional therapist and I'm a herbalist I did another add-on course um in like naturopathy as well so I have three little notches on my belt in terms of what kind of my um treatments are in the clinic um I think if people follow me now they kind of know me as like the hormone nutritionist so I massively work with a lot of um female hormones fertility, PCOS, painful periods, heavy periods, the works. And I kind of just fell into that in the last couple of years, I guess, because it's an area that I'm just so passionate about and it's an area that's just not spoken about enough. So that, that'll be quite a lot of what, I, what my clinic is at the moment. Um, and again, our whole goal is supporting the body naturally through natural medicine. So that's me in a nutshell, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I agree that it isn't spoken about enough. And I feel like the education that we get in school isn't great either, is it? And we all seem to just follow the same pattern and the same route in terms of contraception. And then it's not until now we look back and we're asking different questions. I know I have, and when I speak to other women, they're in the same position as me. What I'd love to know is a little bit about how you went down that road, the nutrition side initially. What was, what drawn you to that? I guess for me, so when I was growing up, my mum was actually a herbalist. So she originally was a midwife and she was a nurse for like 15 years. And my eldest brother, who's like 36 now, he had really, really bad skin. He's really bad eczema. And my mum literally searched high and low for remedies. Actually, sorry, she, she searched high and low in terms of anything medical to fix them. So it wasn't until he was like 12 or 13, my mum got introduced into natural medicine. Someone, you know, introduced her to nutrition and into herbs. So when I was growing up, that was a very big part of how we were raised that like I well go over and take vitamin C if I wasn't feeling great or like I kind of understood the importance of good nutrition and then I don't know I think the older I got then when I was in school it's just an area I was very interested in like that um 
I've seen how because my mom sorry my mom has her own clinic as well she's in, in business like nearly 30 years so we have family like naturopathic clinic and I I worked there for a good few years and I saw how much how much power is in natural medicine I suppose so it's just something that I want to be able to help people I'm I'm science nerd I love knowing how things work I'm even now like I'm in business nine years and I'm still researching things and I'm still learning so it's just an area I feel like I'm so passionate about I think it's just so important like such small changes can just make such a huge difference to people so yeah I guess that's how it's just an area of passion I suppose yeah and how did you go about building and creating your own clinic at the point of qualifying talk to me about that journey Oh my God, time and blood, sweat, tears, I guess. Like, I think this is the biggest misconception. A lot of people reach out to me. They're like, oh my God, like, you you know, you seem to be doing so well. Like, yeah. what's your advice? And I'm like, put in the groundwork. Like I qualified in 2014 and it wasn't until 2018 that I went self-employed. So like completely self-sufficient, no other jobs, no other finger in any other pies kind of thing. It was just me. And that took four years. And that was four years of working every Saturday, of doing like late nights I used to work late Monday Tuesday or Tuesday Thursday and Friday I'd, I'd start work at nine I finish at half eight um I used to do early mornings I I just you just have to put the work in at the start and I think um kind of you know believing in yourself and it's very cliche but like or being in it for the right reason I think if you start off someone something like nutrition where you have to like be self-employed in anything and you want to do it because you want x amount of money in your bank account that's not exactly the best way to do it so for me I was so passionate about what I was doing that I didn't mind doing the late nights and the early days and the Saturdays because I was helping people so I guess at the start it's more be patient and you know follow your passion and you're on the right path but I, I can completely like acknowledge it can be so slow and slow frustrating at the same time yeah one of the things I notice a lot in the online space especially with like building and creating something for yourself is like it can be easy and it can be flowy and you can just manifest it all and attract it all and you know don't really have to hustle because hustle culture is deemed as bad and it was I just feel like that messaging can be a little bit like misunderstood for people and make people Mm -hmm. feel like oh well if it's not happening in that way for me then maybe there's something wrong with me when really hearing someone like yourself saying I put in the work especially at the beginning it's refreshing I would and I think I like and I completely agree I think that whole Instagram of like you know manifest your dreams write it down it will happen to some extent I always feel I feel like I'm guided in my clinic so things happen and I'm like like it's been nine years now and I'm like this is happening for a reason I'll figure I'll know in a couple of months why it's happening but I'm still putting the hours in I like I've been in business nine years I still work ridiculously stupid hours and you know what I mean that kind of thing so I think yeah 100% is such a good message for anyone listening that like you have to also put the work in so your manifestations even have the opportunity to take place because you can't just sit there hoping that things will shift when you haven't put any of the the work in you know Mm -hmm. one of the things that I've learned on my journey because of the fact that I'm spiritual and I believe I do believe in like divine time and and things happening when you are ready for it to happen so when you do show up and put the work in I I think it begins to change how you feel about yourself anyway like your confidence grows because like I can do this this is going to work so you show up differently and then I do think that attracts different things to you like opportunities and ideas whereas if we just focus on like the lack or the block or the things that are like not happening for us that's when we start to get more frustrated so 
yeah I think it is a journey and they say don't they like it sounds like really cliche but like enjoy the process and I don't think that it it yeah and it's so and I think that's one part we're so bad at doing like there's been many times like even for me like I just finished my my postgrad in herbal medicine I only finished that where we like 12 days ago I finished it on the the first September after two years and like it was really it's actually a four-year course I did the, the first half when I did nutrition years ago and it was so challenging oh my god it was one of the hardest things I've ever done like I have a full-time clinic I was back in college and I made myself this time around like pat myself on the back I booked a holiday with one of my best friends we went away to Portugal for three days to celebrate and there's been so many times especially when you're self-employed that you don't you don't stop to kind of congratulate yourself you don't have a, a, a yearly review with your boss being like you did great you hit this target you don't really do your Christmas work like say to say thanks you don't do that so I think that's a huge thing as well when you're on that journey like make sure to stop and appreciate what you've achieved like imagine even like say even you with your podcast imagine telling Laura like five years ago like who you'd be interviewing and what you'd be talking about and like you know where sometimes you might feel like oh god like I'm you know like we we're talking at the start like oh only that many people listen to my podcast but like it's still amazing that you have a podcast like so that's just a really you know basic example of it but I think it's so important like that on the journey like you said to make sure celebrate the small wins because it's important so true because we get so caught up in the numbers and the statistics and comparison and thinking we should be somewhere where we're not and we're always looking at the next thing so taking the time to just think you know what I'm actually doing I'm doing well like I have to honor myself there yeah definitely yeah so let's talk a bit about the whole hormone side because I know that this is your specialty it's what you talk to your guests on and I would love to kind of ask you the question about when you first got your periods now just to add on to this when I started to learn about my periods and how the per- your period cycles work, your inner seasons, and then applying that to how I feel, like how I'm showing up, it was a game changer. So yeah, I would love to find out a little bit more of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's actually so funny. So I have my own podcast in case nobody knows called Spilling the Tea with AOK Nutrition. And my last couple of episodes of my series, I just interviewed guests and we just, I call it like period chat. So like the same questions, how about your first period, your most embarrassing period story. And I actually don't remember a lot of the answers for me. <laughs> so it's funny. You're like, I'll interview you. My first period was kind of very nondescript. What I do remember about it was I got it in school. I was in sixth class and I remember like going to the toilets and being like, oh my God, what the back in hell is this but I kind of knew um I think I put like a bit of tissue in before I went home and my memory of that day is I had my first kiss and my period in the same day <laughs> so I feel like the first my first kiss got overshadowed and I think I went home and told my mom and then I was like running out after school to go and like kiss this boy fancy so just so funny that my first kiss and my first and I was 11 um, and I even know the date because I know what it was it was a week it was a it was a week before my I was I was 12 it was 22nd of October and if you talk about like things being planned for you, I got married literally 20 years later on the 22nd of October. No way. So I had my first kiss, my first period, and I got married all the same day, 22nd. And the number 22, honestly, it follows me to the point like a few years ago, I wasn't like into universe. I wasn't into spirituality at all. But like this was just like hard to ignore. Like I was like, no, the number 22 actually follows me. Even my husband was like, no, this is actually weird. So sorry, completely sidetracked there. But yeah, that's my first story, my first period, that my first kiss, my first period on the same day. <laughs> it's definitely like one of your angel numbers, 22. Oh yeah. Yeah. It follows me everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. 
I 100% believe in those types of things. I know a lot of people think, no, it's just a synchronicity. It's not real. It's like, no, it is real 100%. And that's it. Like, my husband's such, like, he would just be like, Ash, you're actually mad. But we went to, <laughs> we went to Vegas on our honeymoon, just like, like for New Year's 2022. And honestly, I said him, I was like, this haunts me. Like, our, um, our gate number was 22, our seat number was 22, our room number was 222. Like we like even like we we're like gambling like and we were winning like you know twenty like it was just everywhere he was like that was actually so weird so I was like I told you it's not me being crazy so yeah no I do believe in that as well. <laughs> it's so funny because I do speak to a lot of different guests and we talk about spirituality because obviously it's a spirituality podcast and you can sense that some of them are a little bit like curious about it they're interested in it but then they hold themselves back because it's a bit like I don't want to be judged even though I wouldn't judge them because I'm. Fully yeah. like but I think it's for some people it's like really coming to terms with it themselves and thinking what do I believe here like what do I feel comfortable with with saying yeah. that um yeah like I never believed in that but I felt like I had no other choice but to be like what is this like you know that way and I remember googling 22 at the time and like it was talking about it's like your angel of like guidance there was there was one particular blog post I read and it was like angels of like health and fertility was one of the words used and I'm like hold on a minute like which is literally my whole my whole like clinic like that's what I do every single day so yeah I think if anyone is kind of I think you don't have to be all in like head first but for me certain things come up and it's just you just can't ignore them so how we went from talking about a first period to this I don't know but that's the beauty of podcasts isn't it I love it <laughs> I love it and it gave yeah. me an idea for another question to ask you was do you feel that we have a path to follow like things that we want to do when we're here so you for yours example is obviously growing up in the environment that you did with your mum doing what you what she did and then you then following that path do you think that that has been part of your soul's like destiny one without a shadow of a doubt like one thing I would say is I feel like like I'm so guided I'm whatever happens I'm like this is meant to happen I'm so on the right path I'm so content in what I do I don't find there's any noise from anywhere else I've no self-doubts in my career like I know my friend she just works and hates it and she's just like like it's just just for money like you know that kind of thing so if I win the lottery tomorrow it's still doing my job put it that way like I'm so sure this is exactly what I'm supposed to be and I think everyone does have their one thing I think everyone does is put on this planet you know has their life to kind of figure out what their purpose is and I feel like when and people say how do I find my purpose but I'm like you'll know when you know because you're so content you're you know you're so calm you're so sure it doesn't make it now it's still fucking hard <laughs> like because you still have to work but it's like yeah no 100 without a doubt definitely yeah yeah and I think as well when it's just something that you just get like a natural joy from it you just then you just like I can't explain it it's like it's just there and it, it you just fall into it and it's just like, like your natural can. interest yeah yeah definitely yeah. and I yeah. agree I agree with that and I think not everybody is going to go down that path in this lifetime you know I do think that there are certain people who won't and it's just because they're not ready or it's a choice not to because there are people maybe like you will know who aren't happy in the job but they stay there because it's a case of well it pays the bills or it makes you know it's an end means to an end Mm -hmm. and then when you go down a path of seeing what's possible through what you're building people who you know like reading different books you see actually you can 
create whatever you want to do if it's something that you inspire to do if you've got the confidence and the belief to go for it it can happen because you are guided like I believe I'm guided as well even Mm -hmm. if things aren't happening in the way that I wanted like everything's divine and that's how I just get through things yeah yeah and amazing I love that yeah me too so with going back to the periods please. <laughs> <laughs> little tangent there yep, I love it I'm here for it but yeah. what I wanted to say is why do you feel like as women and in society periods are seen as like not something you should talk about something that we should be ashamed about like ever since being in school that's been drummed into us hasn't it I don't know like I'd say in Ireland it's real like Catholic Ireland like hush hush don't talk about periods the shame behind it but like as far as you go back like I know I was reading something recently and like women were seen as like having hysteria like you know they were treated for like mental health issues like because obviously they'd feck in PMS like and men were performing like lobotomies or what is it called lobotomies yeah it is yeah. isn't it like it's gone back for for generations that like it's just never been understood and I feel like women are so powerful as well I think this is what separates us from men and I think like I don't even think men would be offended even us being like women have almost like a a higher sense than men like we how to deal with situations how to read people how to read the room how to with empathy with everything you know that way that I think and that's part of our that's our hormones that men don't make the same hormones the way we do they don't cycle the same way we do so the answer I'd love to know the, ask that question but I think it's more like that the Catholic Ireland the shame around your body the shame around periods like even contraceptives were only legal in the last what like 50 years 60 years so there was so much shame around sex as well and periods are seen as to make babies which is linked with sex whereas actually that is literally like a tiny part of the equation our period is there because they make our hormones for us and our hormones are more linked with your energy and your mood and your vitality and your sex drive and your motivation and everything else with that so it drives me mad believe me (laughs) yeah one of the things that I have done well I did it last year was womb work like womb healing and finding out about the womb and how it plays a part as as a woman in in your life and obviously if you think about the womb area it's it's your birth portal of creation so life we birth children but also ideas and if we're disconnected from that part of our body because the shame guilt trauma anything that's stored up there it's going to create this feeling of like almost like a heaviness feeling and that negative self-talk as women and I do think it does stem a lot back from history and the way that women have been made to feel about the periods the way women have been made to feel about the bodies and that's why we just don't take the time or we didn't take the time when we were younger to educate ourselves and and make Mm -hmm. another decision I'm glad that things are changing and people are becoming more aware of different stuff and the hormones and how it affects the body but yeah I think it's definitely because of the power that women have and it's a case of keeping us confined and and small and limited because the moment that we're able to really connect with that that's when the dynamics of the way that the world set up changes mm-hmm. no definitely yeah yeah absolutely yeah. yeah in terms of like the pill and hormones talk to me about how they or how it has an impact upon a woman's body so I think first thing I'll say is like if you go into my Instagram 
it might seem like I'm very anti-birth control and like some of my clients like booking in they're like oh my god like it's okay I'm on the pill even though I'm coming to see it and I'm like yes like I'm not against birth control at all I think it's amazing women have that no choice if they want to make it but I'm pro-education around the topic and the pill works by stopping an egg from releasing from your ovary which is ovulation so you don't get pregnant like amazing but the side effects or then the added on thing that comes with that ovulation is also how we make our hormones so those hormones we're talking about for your energy and your mood and I said their sex drive like when I talk about sex drive I mean like your zest for life your drive your motivation your get up and go it's not just like how horny you are obviously that's part of it but that that's all linking in together so that's an issue then because we're not told this and I know I've seen it with hundreds of clients I'm sure so many of your listeners today are like what I did not realize that like a lot of people don't realize the pill or the your the pill bleed isn't a real period so you know I work a lot with people with irregular cycles and they're like oh I used to have irregular periods but the pill fixed it and I'm like no no you had irregular cycles and then you switched off your hormones and then you have a fake bleed every month which is a side effect of being on synthetic hormones and people's like jaws on the floor being like why are we never told this so this is the problem is that like that your hormones are switched off and I could send a safe clients when you're on the pill you make the same level of hormones as your granny who's wow. like had kids you know 50 years ago and it's just mad and it's so funny because I actually podcast earlier on today and she was saying she was a nurse and she said that they used to have men coming into the clinic that she worked in for they'd have low testosterone and they'd be getting testosterone injections it'd be really heavily monitored because they feel so low and they'd have no energy you know sex drive no libido no that's for life and it was a huge huge issue if a man was low in testosterone oh my god like you know what I mean alarm bells go off and yet every single day, young women as well are given the pill that switches off, not even low hormones, all of their hormones. The difference is absolutely astonishing how, how wide those two things are so widely accepted when they're so different, you know. And have you noticed that different women have different reactions and responses to the pill? Like when they, when they take it firstly and then when they decide to stop? Yeah, I think everyone is very different. So there's a big difference between someone who started having sex, doesn't want to get pregnant, never had any hormonal issues. And is like, you know what? The pill is so handy. I'm going to go on the pill. Grand. And then I have some clients who were fainting in school with heavy periods, who had two periods a year, who suffered really bad with hormonal acne and they got put in the pill. And for them, the pill is used as a treatment, a temporary treatment, I would say. So for those clients, they're the ones that may end up having more issues when they come off the pill because those issues probably were never addressed. And that's what I look at so much with my clients. You're looking at things like gut health, you're looking at stress, you're looking at nutrition, you're looking at lifestyle, like that massively impacts your hormones. So it's kind of different depending on on you. Like everyone is so different and what your circumstances are. Yeah. Well, I recently come off the pill, well, a year ago now I came off the pill over a year ago and I know that I'd read some things about people could have problems with their skin or the hormones I've not really had that I didn't have any problems with my skin and I don't on reflection honestly I don't think I would ever go back on the pill that's just my I'm not advocating for people to do the same as me but that's just where I'm at right now with it because I started to learn this what you've just shared and I was like that how can that be good for your body like how can that be healthy for your body that's just my opinion and then yeah. I think 
stripping it back to the natural side of things and I know obviously you're studying in terms of like herbalism as well and how you've been brought up and believing that everything that we really need is available within the earth and we can access that we don't need to be feeling like we're our bodies are bad or disgusting and you know if you focus on the seasons and I'm sure you probably follow this of course you do because of the your, the work that you do but like when we're going into our inner autumn our inner winter and noticing how different we feel like relating that to training in the gym and your body feeling different to them when you're in like your inner spring and, and then your summer and when I found out about all of this I was like it just blew my mind because it was like why did I not know this sooner like I really wish that I did as a woman um do you think that and I don't know whether this is too much of a broad question but like do you think there can be any like longer term damage or impact on a woman's body if they're just thinking about like a woman who's been on the pill for years and years and years and years again I think it depends on the person um any of my clients were on the pill, I'm like, you're on the pill, non-negotiable, you take these supplements. Like, I think that's the next thing. There's no follow-on advice. Like, oh, you want to take the pill? Great. And you go in again six months later to take your blood pressure and you get another prescription. But like, you're on a drug, it's a steroid drug, and drugs impact gut health. Drugs, specifically the pill, impact things like your B vitamin absorption, they can affect your zinc levels, they can affect your magnesium. So you actually can get nutritional deficiencies from long-term use of the pill. Um, I see quite a lot of clients who develop like kind of like IBS, like symptoms, digestive issues, bloating, constipation after years of being on the pill because, again, they're after depleting their gut health slowly. Fair enough, it's only, you know, a small dose every day, but a small dose every day over 10 years will add up. So going back to the question, I'd say it is very quite, you know, an individual kind of thing that um, it depends on other circumstances. Let's say you've been on the pill for years, plus had loads of antibiotics and had a lot of stress. I find people dealing with fertility issues I would never say the pill causes infertility because it doesn't but I think it can mask issues so I've I have hundreds of clients who got put in the pill like I said they're like say they were 17 it really heavy periods they couldn't deal I'm like fab go on the pill isn't it great we have the pill but then they come off and now they're 29 30 and there's no sign of their period or they're having horrific periods or they're having they've had miscarriage or for whatever reason so their hormone issues were never addressed. So that's my bigger worry that like the generation of heavy periods and irregular cycles and acne now have things like PCOS and infertility and have to go down the IVF route. It was, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's our generation that, that, that's going through these treatments. It's not our parents' generation. And it wasn't our parents' generation that was kind of the guinea pigs on the contraceptive pill either. So that's my concern, but I would never say the pill, like in case anyone's listening being like, oh my God, like, you know, I've been on it for 10 years. I think more so just look at everything else around it and what, what's your long-term goal like when do you want to have kids like that's really really important yeah do you think if someone is at a stage where they are wanting to have children that that's when they need to review in their mind like coming off earlier or do you again would you say it is more unique and individual to people if you were saying to me I want to have a baby next year I'd like come off the pill now I'd say okay. 12 months before you want to get pregnant to come off the pill because you have no idea how long it's going to take you to get your period back you might be lucky it might come back in four weeks my friend come off the pill and she'd no period for 101 days 
So could you imagine if she was like, and people, our generation, we're such planners. Yeah. So you're like, okay, I'm going to come off the pill. I'm going to ovulate in October. So we're going to have a baby then by, okay, next August. Then we can go skiing by the March, the following month. You know what I mean? Like you have this whole thing. Maybe not skiing, but you know, right? Like <laughs> when you knew we're amazing, but like you have, we have the things planned, but honestly, fertility does not work that way. So if kids are really, you know, on your, your next thing in the next year and you're still on birth control, I would definitely come off it. Um, I always say it takes 12 months to make a baby in terms of the three months before you get pregnant is really, really important because your eggs take three months to develop. So even my clients who might come off the pill and their period might come back straight away, I'm like, wait three months because I mentioned there in terms of the vitamins and your zinc and your magnesium and your gut health, if they're depleted, your eggs won't be as healthy as they should be, which means your baby won't be as healthy as it should be. So it's important, I think, to give yourself minimum three months absolutely no interference from hormones get on a really good quality like fertility supplement to replace any nutrients lost and um and yeah give yourself those three months before so 12 months but also if you've no time the three months before minimum I would say yeah I wanted to ask you about gut health as well I know that you've mentioned it a couple of times and how it does link with hormones Mm -hmm. have you got any tips and advice for people to begin to improve their gut health and where they can start like what what was like the starting point for people yeah I think the biggest misconception I see about gut health in my clinic is that it's only linked with digestion right if the people come into me and I have a really like comprehensive consultation sheet they fill in they may never take bloating or constipation or reflux so they're like oh my my gut health's fine like I, I've never have to take a probiotic because I don't I poo every day but that's only one of your job or one of your gut health's job is digestion the other main job for gut health is actually for your immune system so 70% of our immune cells are the lining of our gut and even at that when I'm talking about immune system it's not just like colds and flus people are like oh I haven't had been sick in a year like I'm fine but you might get I don't know really bad acne you might get horrific period pain you might have really bad backache all the time you might have really poor you know wound healing where you get a cut or a bruise and it lasts three weeks you might be getting daily headaches they're all linked with your immune system. Anything that's painful, that's sore, that's inflamed in the body is our immune system. And the other job for gut health is actually for your mood. So 80% of our happy hormones, our serotonin is made in the gut. So people come into me, they've no digestive issues, but they take frequent colds and coughs and they take anxiety on my form. And I'm like, that's gut health. So that's the first most important thing to understand that it's not just digestion. Because people might say, and I'd be like, I poo every day, you know, but, you know, that's not, nothing got to do with me. So step one in terms of tips, and it's such a boring answer. I wish we had like a better kind of like sexier answer, but honestly, eat a variety of fruit and vegetables that I would describe to clients as imagine each food feeds a different type of gut bacteria. So if you're only eating bananas every single day, it's the only fruit you like, you never have anything else. Your poor, you know, probiotics, your poor gut health that love like apples and oranges and pears are like dying in a corner kind of thing. So having biggest variety and we all do we all get stuck in a rut we're in supermarket you pick up the same things all the time so having a variety number one number two be careful of your drug use and by drug use I I obviously mean like drugs like you know in terms of narcotics but more so (coughs) or touch on my breath there more so um things like the contraceptive pill how often taking painkillers are relying on laxatives go to the toilet to take things for hay fever for the whole summer over-the-counter medication defeats gut health so a lot of people aren't really aware of that and then things like poor diet in terms of alcohol too much sugar 
too much caffeine, too much fried foods, like, you know, not so nutrient dense food will also affect gut health. So they're the three major things I would say to start off with first. Like strip it back to basics and look at how, how you are eating. And then people just monitoring that and then seeing if it begins to make a difference to how they're feeling within their body and their health. I feel like with women, we're really intuitive and we tend to know when something doesn't feel right. Would you agree? I think most of us, some people kind of ignore it though. You know, mm. that kind of way. Like I'm surprised by how many people I'd say, like how often do you go to, like how often do you have a bowel movement? They're like, I don't really know. Maybe every like, like one or two days or I'd be like, you know when you're ovulating you know some women actually aren't as in tune with themselves but I think a lot of us are like I know I admit if something's wrong I'm like something's not right you know this this kind of thing so I think if you start to listen a bit more you'll be able to be more tuned with yourself so yes and no I think some women are brilliant for other people just run around like a headless chicken like not really even checking in with themselves do you know what the, I think that is it's because we haven't been taught to listen to our intuition yeah ignore it. yeah oh my gosh you're so right yeah like just get on with it like that kind of thing yeah, yeah. just get on with it masculine energy get it done mm-hmm. and obviously yeah we, like we said at the beginning there's a time and place for that to happen but as women if we don't listen to what our body is sending us the messages how it feels that is when we're going to go into like burnout. We're going to get into more and more health issues because we're missing the signs that are being sent to us. Yeah, I'm going to love that. I never even thought about it that way. I love that. Yeah, because yeah. it's like yeah. living up in the mind, isn't it? Of like mm-hmm. not actually taking the opportunity to pause and stop and reflect. And then when you do that and you're thinking, asking different questions and then you go to a specialist like yourself and then you're able to see, actually this isn't normal so even though it might have been like this for a long time doesn't mean it's meant to be like this yes I think that's something people don't realize even like talking about digestion I have constipation is one of my things on my consultation sheet and sometimes people don't tick it and yeah. I'm like and then we're chatting I'm like oh they go to Twitter say once every three days and I'm like oh you're constipated and they're like no no I've that's that's what I've always done like I've never gone more than that that's just a normal for me and I'm like yeah you've always been constipated then he just because you've nothing to compare to or people having things like heavy periods is another one because they don't like obviously you're not sitting around tea with your girls being like how many tampons did you use this cycle so we don't really know what's heavy and what's not heavy so mm. you know people are not tuned in like you said like that like they're having really heavy periods or leaking through their clothes and they think that's just normal because that's always been with them without being like hold on a minute like this this doesn't feel right like I'm uncomfortable expecting my day-to-day so I absolutely love that that's such a good way to think of things we're just sometimes too busy to check in yeah and I think as well it can be a little bit of fear because people can be a bit scared of things which mm-hmm. is normal isn't it you know if it's, if there's something happening the way that you're feeling or your period's really heavy it can be a little bit scary so I think for certain women it's a case of like let's not let's not look at that <laughs> let's mm-hmm. not go there and then it's getting to a point of like no I really have to now because this is almost like a form of self-love like looking after your gut health what you put into your body is an act of self-love and the more that you do learn about it and educate yourself listen to your body your cycle then you're really able to work with yourself instead of against yourself do you find like a lot of your clients and women that you speak to are quite negative with how they speak about themselves do I find they're quite negative? 
yeah I guess so when you kind of put it like that more like that afraid to kind of make the changes or sometimes people are very defensive with their lifestyle I would say that you know people come to me and when we're talking about hormones stress it's just detrimental for hormones and when I say stress people go no I'm not stressed everything's great like you know there's no issues going on and I'm like okay how do you start their day and they get up at 5 a.m and they do a fasted hit workout in the gym and they have a coffee or two in the morning they don't have breakfast until one o'clock and the breakfast is a massive salad with no carbs and another coffee of four you know what I mean they might go for a walk after work with their friends clean I put clean inverted commas dinner now maybe just a little bit of sweet potato this kind of thing and go to bed late like so I talk to them like that and they're like oh no no but I don't eat any sugar and like I rarely drink and they're very defensive of their routine where I'm like you're putting a massive amount of stress on like lifestyle choices that you're making you know or they might be like I don't put any I don't put dairy in my coffee like I only have oat milk this yeah. kind of thing so I think negative in terms of like sometimes accepting that what they're doing isn't always the right thing even though they think that it is you know and sometimes it's hard, it's hard to take constructive criticism. And I think sometimes it's easier to put blame on something else. Like, oh, I'm feeling this because that's causing it when actually you are in control of your actions. And it's sometimes it's harder to admit that like, oh my God, I've actually done this to myself, you know? It's also understanding that just because that might be one way that's portrayed of, of living your life to be successful, that it's not necessarily going to work for you and your body. And you are right, the stress that that can put on your body in terms of like high intensity you know not eating until a certain time and it's like yeah it's seen as like in the fitness space like healthy and it's like but is it that because if yeah. it's putting your body under stress especially around your cycle you know with like yeah. fast training and fasters um would talk to me about, I want to go a bit more like deeper on this because like mm-hmm. I'm really interested in knowing a bit more like talk to me about a person's kind of daily habits lifestyle habits with their hormones with their gut health and the stress Mm. side of things and how people can begin to look at their lifestyle to make better and healthier choices not Mm. just when they're on the cycle but also when they're on the cycle so when they are like going if they're going to the gym and training and fasted there's a lot of questions there I've thrown it yeah (laughs) I would say first of all like try and see it as a whole circle like I think sometimes some people get very fixated on like oh I'm in this phase my cycle I have to do this this and this but I kind of feel like if your hormones are balanced I do believe that we're also able to do what like adapt to whatever we need to adapt to you know that kind of way so there's a massive amount of research for example on the second half of our cycle which is progesterone and progesterone is their calming hormone. It's a natural painkiller. It's really good for anxiety, really good for mood. The second half of your cycle, your body doesn't really use carbs as well as it, as it does in the first half of your cycle. Your testosterone is lower. So in terms of strength in the gym, so it's kind of said like, don't do strength workouts in the second half, you know, keep that around the first half of your cycle, which, you know, that's what the science is based on. But at the same time, I think so many women have low progesterone because stress steals progesterone. So all this kind of research is done on people with low progesterone. I know for me personally, when I've been at my best in my second half of my cycle, my progesterone's through the roof, I have no PMS. I go into the gym and I do unbelievable workouts. So sometimes I think we've all we kind of put ourselves in that kind of box as well. I think that we're capable of doing either or. Again, it's all about listening to your body. In terms of lifestyle, things that people can do, really, really simple things. Again, I mentioned stress. I know it sounds like a broken record here, but basically the way it works, if you imagine, we have one main hormone on top and this gonna it's going to get split into two, right? And the two hormones that either get made from this main hormone is either going to be stress 
or it's going to be progesterone and it can be one or the other. So if you're constantly, this is what I mean by really simple day-to-day tasks, doing a hit workout first thing in the morning, caffeine works by triggering stress. So I would always say like in a real dramatic sense, imagine me and you're about to go for lunch and next minute the house goes on fire. We're not hungry anymore. We're not thinking about food. We're running out of the burning building because cortisol has kicked in. And that's the kind of same thing with caffeine. I'm sure we've all done it. You're a, bit, you're a little bit hungry and you have a coffee and next time you don't have to eat for another hour and a half, right? You're like, I'm actually not really hungry anymore, but it's because those stress hormones have been released. Um, so yeah, looking at how many times a day you're triggering stress that you can manage because obviously we all have like, you know, pressure on us during the day. We have deadlines. We have people we need to look after. Like, you know, I say control, we can control in terms of stress. The other major thing is being hangry. So like going too long without eating. We've all been there. I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like um, they just get a bit like moany or can't function. You're literally making dinner, eating a biscuit, that kind of feeling. So blood sugar's crashed, okay? And your body literally thinks, oh my God, this is it. I'm about to die. And it will trigger stress hormones again. So, you know, making sure that you're not letting that happen three or four times a day, which a lot of women do. Making sure you protein with every meal. So people don't realize this, but protein balances your blood sugars. It kind of stops you from getting those mad spikes on the dips during the day. So making sure all of our meals have protein, reducing the caffeine, looking at how many hit workouts you're doing per week, managing your sleep is so important. And then kind of what you were saying, like factoring in something for your mind and kind of relaxing every day, which I know even I struggle with that side of things. Like I'm so good with like nutrition and the gym and supplements but like I've struggled to actually stop and unwind um but they're the basic kind of thing straight away I think people can definitely start looking at their own lifestyle and start implementing those yeah amazing tips do you think as well in terms of workouts it's good for people to have a variety of things like including yoga or like just going for a walk and weight training because some people are like all or nothing aren't they it's either full-on hit workouts five times a week or just yoga five times a week yeah I think I think there's a combination of everything is so important kind of like we're talking about earlier on about like you know it's boring but like eating a balanced diet that exercise has its own place for different things so like I know if I do hit workout your adrenaline's pumping at the end you feel amazing you can barely drive home from the gym but like I mean you do feel great after it weight training it's so good for building muscle which is great like even as we age it's so important yeah. to have muscle on it um it's obviously important for um like preventing injury as well like you know being strong and increasing your weights and seeing that progress is amazing and then yoga and kind of slower pace being out in nature you know breathing exercise and doing yoga that has a place as well so I think like anything else having a variety of everything is probably the goal isn't it mm. like that you're yeah taking all the boxes yeah talk to me a bit about your like rituals non-negotiables that you do that help you feel really good the gym definitely so over the years the thing I asked my ask myself all the time was like what would future Ashley want me to do so I'll get up in the morning and if I have an absolutely mental day and I have 70 emails in my inbox I need to look after um I might skip the gym and I might start work early and I'll sit here and I'll you know, get through my emails with the hour and a half I would have spent in the gym or say hour in the gym, I'll do my emails instead because future Ashing will be like, I'll have a less stressful day. I, you know, won't be panicked later on when I come home wrecked. Um, so I always ask myself that question. But for me, workouts, my diet is so important. I kind of feel like even when I'm up the walls, I really try, obviously I am a nutritionist. I eat really well. I would take herbal medicine every single day. Like we, I make up in my clinic, we stock like 300 different types of herbal tinctures. 
Mm. And what we do is make up personalized tonics for people. So like my tonic I have at the moment, I would have herbs for things like um, increasing progesterone, for stress, for adrenals, for, um, what else is my tonic at the moment? Energy, for mood, for immune system. Cause I'm like, I can't get sick at the moment. So I would take my tonic and I go to the gym and I go to bed early. Oh my God, non-negotiable. So I trained in like Chinese medicine and I trained in Ayurveda medicine as well as part of herbal medicine. And they talk about like, there's a thing called the Chinese medicine clock. And that's hugely linked with like, even if you wake up during the night and I do it with my clients, I'm like, what time did you wake up? And I'm gonna look at the Chinese medicine clock. So they're massively, they think you should be in bed before 11. Like, um, if not 10, I think 10 is a bit early for me. But I find though, if I'm not in bed by 11, and I think this, now think about this every week in Chinese medicine if you're not in bed by 11 it's like if your body kind of wakes up again so I find if I'm wow. I'll fall, if I get into bed at half 10 lights out by 11 I'll fall asleep really quickly but if I'm going to bed say even quarter past 11 it takes me ages then to fall asleep so I'm always like we're from watching like movies or Netflix I'm like we have to go to bed at 25 past 10 so my sleep is really important to me as well yeah, because your sleep does impact like your stress levels, your hormone levels, because if you're not getting as much sleep, you're more likely to be like crave sugary foods, aren't you, the following day? Oh, definitely. Yeah, because your body needs energy from somewhere and your body is so smart. It knows, OK, that ch- bar of chocolate is going to give me the energy or that coffee is going to make me feel better. So, yeah, 100 percent. By far, sleep is one of the most important things, I would say. Yeah, we could talk so much about sleep and the effects that it has in terms of your body and your moods and your energy. Mm-hmm. I would really love to know how and if you done any work to build your inner self-confidence to be able to grow and build what you what you are building and how amazing you've done and building the conf- um, the podcast. So yeah, how, how did that start for you? Was you always really super confident? It's so funny. My friend, like my best friend, we were talking about this a few weeks ago on holidays. And she was like, I remember meeting you on the first day of school. We were in the same class for like for a whole like secretary school. And she was like, you were like so confident came in and you're always like, and I kind of always have been very, very self-assured. It's probably the way my mom and dad raised me that like, I remember my mom always saying to me like, you know, even if you're nervous, just walking as if you own the place, like fake it till you make it kind of thing. And I think I've always had that. I've, I've never really cared what people think. I've just kind of done my own thing. I've like, in terms of relationships so I'm with my husband like we're together since we're 16 so I think we're so we're such a team like you know that I, I've never had like really bad relationships I've never kind of been through things that kind of can destroy people if that makes sense so I think I'm so self-assured because of those kind of things as well that you know I've, the path I've been on has never really not that it's never knocked me down I've had my absolute fair share of difficult things so and that's partly it I've just been so confident myself in terms of business then kind of what we're talking about the start I'm like it's just when I know I'm on the right path it's like it's not about me if that makes sense so like the podcast I did I was like, I have to do the podcast now. Like I have a bit of time to do it. I want, I have to give people this information. I just feel like it's, I'm in such a good position. I, for some reason, have this Instagram following that like, I am not doing anything different than these people way better than me that have way better content. I barely post half the time because I'm so busy in the clinic. I'm like, why do I have this? So I felt like it was my duty. I'm like, I'm going to do the podcast. So to give people information and that's it. So I think it's more that I'm just so self-assured that I'm I'm doing exactly what I'm meant to be doing. I did have an absolute, not meltdown last year, but like in terms of like imposter syndrome, kind of was talking about that with Instagram because I just got so overwhelmed because I'm like, why are these people following me? Like there's so many other people doing what I'm doing. And I went to see like a life coach at the time and he was like, Ashing, you're, 
your unique selling point you know why what makes you different is that they're not you you know what I mean you have such a passion people see that like you're not selling them a product you're selling them your passion and people really buy into that so I think because I'm so sure and so like I'm I'm not trying to sell people things I'm just telling them the facts and I'm like guys this is amazing you need to do this and people kind of obviously just latch onto it so I don't know I didn't really answer the question there I think it's more that I've just always been very self-assured and my work has kind of just increased that I guess Mm, I feel like having yeah I feel like having self-awareness is huge because then Mm. you notice your strengths and your weaknesses and I think so like when you start having imposter syndrome it's normal I think it's just part of being human because Mm. every up level you're going through you know new experience new opportunities bigger following more eyes on your stuff it's going to come back to oh I'm ready for this because look at this person look at that person and I just think it's part of how we're wired as humans so being able to reset and be like now well this is why I've got this I am worthy of this I deserve this I have a message to share like you can tell how knowledgeable you are and how passionate you are just from your Mm -hmm. energy as well so it's no surprise to me that it's got to that point but I know it's easy for someone looking in to say whereas when it's you it's different so yeah Yeah. I think it's um I think it's really good that you're able to see like it's not just about me it takes the pressure off it being on you and you're actually giving back like you're being of service and that's when things are, uh, are so much easier because it's not just focused on like it's not just about us Mm-hmm. or it's not about money it's not about having that Instagram followers where I think people define success as numbers and as goals in terms of like if you have 50k or 40k it doesn't feel any different mm-hmm. do you know that way like it really doesn't you might get a few more opportunities than that but I would turn down a lot of brands who come reach like you can see them brands as one you because you have that following but I'm like certain things wouldn't even align with what you want to do then either does that make sense that it's like yeah I think don't put value on the numbers put value on the content you're giving you know the mess you're giving out to people how you treat people how you act every single day like how you look after yourself I think they're the most important things like I always say like the money side of business is a great perk to the business but like again I would do this job next week if I won the lotto like because I just feel like I, I love helping people my happy place is on calls but my clients like meeting new people people checking in me like oh my god Ash I got my period or oh my god Ash I'm pregnant like there's nothing like those like connections you make with people I am the same I if if that happens to me I'd still do podcasts I'd still do yeah. coaching because I love it it's just yeah. something that I naturally enjoy so much so yeah I can really resonate with with what you're saying and it's just actually understanding if you if you follow this and it's something that you get so much joy out of that's the success because it's nothing to do with the external things it's how you feel when you wake up in the morning and you're like I'm actually following something that I've, I've wanted to do for a long time I've had the courage to actually go after it and at least I know then if it's going to work. So obviously for you, you're further ahead than where I'm at with things right now. But it's mm-hmm. knowing like, yeah, I did the right thing. And I don't have yeah. to look back with regret. So yeah, what would you define as success? Oh, good question. I don't know the answer though. I actually don't know. I remember all these questions I find really hard to, like the ones that you'll see in terms of what you find success, what, what you know, brings you joy. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like my life for the last couple of years at work has just like that it's just been full steam ahead like I've literally put my heart and soul into it so 
success for me, I suppose, is probably to get to a point where I don't have to be the first, the, the main person in the business. Because as much as I'm so busy and I'm so grateful, I am the business. Yeah. So it's very intense. Like my husband's like, hello, can we have babies, please? Like, and I'm like, um, <laughs> give, me, give me another while. Like, you know, that kind of, like, and that's just the reality of being self-employed. Like I can't get pregnant tomorrow and go maternity leave. I won't have, who's going to pay my mortgage? Like, do you get me? So I think success to me is kind of being that kind of, yeah, like that I'm more like a, a, a business or a company rather than just relying on me. And that's my goal. My goal over the next couple of years, I'm going to open like a fertility clinic just my plan so that will obviously be part of it then I won't have to just be there all the time myself um I guess I don't know I feel like I'm in terms of being content I feel like I'm I'm so happy what I am now so I don't know what's your success you tell me yours do you know what it's one of those questions that we just don't stop and reflect on is it we're just so busy I feel like my definition of success is definitely change recently I would still view things as being more successful in terms of the podcast growing and having a larger audience getting certain guests on like and I know that that's external things and it's not going to give me that true fulfillment of success I feel like it's a case of living a life that's true to me and knowing that I'm making a positive impact on other people but I'm happy in myself I think if you have peace in your life and you have like certainty in yourself that's success because yeah. once you once you're like you say self-assured and confident you're not going to be confident all the time but you know yourself you're really able to show up in that way and the byproduct is the money or the opportunities and, and, and other things that that come but I definitely think when you're in this mindset of like building something you don't really stop to think well what is success for me and this is another thing as well I don't know if you've ever found this when you get into the mindset or the habit of looking at other people and what other people are achieving and doing it's you know it's great motivation and inspiration but then you can start to think like "Mm, do I want that is that what I want and then it's like when you take a step back and you're like is that my path like is that something my soul is calling me to do because that might be success for that person but is it success for me yeah that's how I look at things yeah yeah no definitely no yeah I love that I think for me as well it's like making sure that I'm able to reach as many people as I can so whether that's a podcast I'd love to write a book in a couple yeah. of years like I'd absolutely love I'd love to be able to incorporate in like herbal medicine and nutrition and hormones and all that in one um like the fertility clinic like it's more when I think of success like having outreach and so many people have been able to to link up and get the knowledge from me that I'm so lucky to have number one like my nine years clinical experience behind me like so much of what I talk about I'm like this works because I've done it a thousand times before with clients like I know it does work um so yeah that's a good question it makes me I think about that all the time now what's success to me (laughs) just like reflecting back and thinking is this an alignment for me (laughs) I don't know but um one of the questions I wanted to ask was if you was to go back to your old self, your teenage self, and give mm-hmm. her a piece of advice that's going to help her with her hormones, with her body, what would it be? Ooh. For me personally, I'd say stop drinking cow's milk. Because cow's milk for me, like, 
Now, this is like disclaimer. I'm not telling everyone who's listening to not have cow's milk. Maybe go and listen to my podcast and you'll know what I'm talking about. This, but cow's milk can be massively detrimental for hormones. And like, even though my mum was a herbalist and like we, I remember being like, hey, you're not finishing, you're not getting a break from the table now until you finish your glass of milk, like Irish mommy, like, do you know that way? But like, I would often have, like, I used to have really painful periods. I used to have really heavy periods. I remember like my boobs actually being fucking huge. Like they were triple the size weren't and this is when I was in like school and probably like you know early college um I used to get sinus issues all the time I remember I constantly had like a post-nasal drip and like I would like and they're just gone so from a real like practical nutrition thing I would like stop drinking so much milk 100% mm-hmm. defo <laughs> and if people want to find out a little bit more about you or they're interested in working with you how can they go about doing that so you can pop onto my Instagram. My Instagram's aoknutrition.com. Or if you want to go and listen to another podcast, I have a podcast called Spilling the Tea with AOK Nutrition. And basically what the podcast looks like is each episode is on a different topics. So we have topics on understanding your cycle, on heavy periods, on irregular cycles, on um, birth control, um, on acne. That's one of the most popular episodes of skin. So I kind of just wanted to give like really short succinct episodes this is what's happening and this is how you fix it um so yeah you can find me on like all like spotify or app podcasts wherever you get your podcasts basically amazing oh thank you so much i have really enjoyed this episode the past hours i loved it too yeah i absolutely loved it thank you so much for asking me welcome thank you thank you so much for listening to lift yourself podcast if you enjoyed this episode please be sure to subscribe and if you would like to see more content from me follow me on instagram at underscore Laura Lifts underscore. If you're feeling generous, give this podcast a review on the Apple Podcast app as it will help this podcast get in front of more people who need to hear this content. Thank you so much for listening. I am so, so grateful to have you with me and I'm really looking forward to speaking to you next time.